Hey, how we doing? Good? Come on now. Yeah. Good to see you, Parkview crew. Everybody uh, around here at Orland, hello. Good to see you. Uh, all of our campuses all around uh, Chicagoland, everybody out at Homer Glen, hello, Homer Glen. Hope you arrived safely. Everybody at New Linux, hello to you. Uh, everybody online as well, glad uh, that you're here. And uh, it's just, uh, it's, I think it's going to be a good day together, and uh, we're heading into a really good season, I think, actually. I'm not, I'm not sure how you feel uh, about, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas season that we're entering into, if it, you know, makes you really excited or makes you really nervous. Uh, I'm not sure where you are specifically, but I'll tell you this, for me, um, this is absolutely, I, we're entering into like my favorite six weeks of the year. No doubt about it. I mean, this is, this is what I live for. This is what I save money for. You know, I put it away all year. So these six weeks, we can just do some special things. It is my favorite time of the year, these six weeks. But saying that, it's not easy. Amen? It's not an easy time of year. It's, it's my favorite time of year, but it's, it's not an easy time of year. Because here's the thing. Maybe you've noticed this. Everybody has their own way of doing things, right, that they want done around Thanksgiving and Christmas season. Earlier this week, uh, across my Instagram page, uh, this photo came up. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, the quickest way to pick a fight on Thanksgiving, just, you know, right out of the center of the pie. Uh, everybody's got their own way of doing Thanksgiving and doing Christmas, so it's not going to be easy. I'm not sure what you're up to. Uh, for us, around this Thanksgiving time coming up next week, uh, we have, uh, let, let, me, let me tell you this, I don't think I've ever shared this with you. We have a, a great house, but our house is smaller. It's about 1,600, 1,650 square feet, and we have 44 people coming over for Thanksgiving. And <laughs> I know, you're thinking, why? It's because I love it. It's going to be great, Right? Uh, so we have all these people coming over, and they're all basically family that are coming in for this. And uh, some of them are 18 years old. Some of them are like 80 years old, right? Some of them uh, have to work. Like right after we get done with Thanksgiving dinner, they have to go work uh, to serve, you know, wherever they're at on the Thanksgiving weekend. Some of them are retired, and they don't have to go work at all. Some of them are in college still. Five or six of the uh, family members are in college, and they're getting ready to go into finals. And so they have to be, you know, on their game and on their best the next couple of weeks. And then there will be some people there who haven't taken finals, you know, for 50 years or something like that. So they don't care. Some of the people who are coming have been vaccinated. Some of the people haven't been vaccinated. They're, they're, we're just all over the place, right? So here's what we did. Here's what my wife and I did. We sent out an email to everybody the other uh, day about a week or so ago with everybody gathering because everybody's kind of nervous about it. And we said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do cocktails, mocktails, and COVID tests. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Cocktails, mocktails, and COVID tests. And I know this is great. Everybody has said, okay, we're in. We'll do it. And everybody I know is all over the place on this. But they're going to, you know, come and like trade their negative COVID test for a cocktail or a mocktail. And so, and, and I know right now some of you are going, Todd, that is crazy. And I would say to you, I know. I know. It is, it is going to be so strange and so weird. And it is not going to be easy. I can promise you that. And maybe you're thinking the same thing. You love going into this time of year, but it's not going to be an easy time of year. And so here's just what I want to say. I'm, I'm going to pray for you 
over the next week or two or three or five. And I want to ask you to pray for me as well, that whoever it is we're gathering around, friends or family, that we would just have the ability to be kind and to be patient and to be joy-filled and loving no matter where we all are in this season. This morning, we're in kind of in-between series around here at Parkview, and so I want to bring a message to you today that is on a section of Scripture that if you've been around the church for a lot of your life, you probably are familiar with the section of Scripture we're going to study. But even if you're just kind of coming back to church in the last few weeks or few months, you probably also have heard this section of Scripture that we're going to take a look at uh, today. It's in the Bible in the book of Galatians. If you have a Bible or a smartphone or tablet or whatever, you can look it up. It's where we're going to be all day if you want to make some notes in your Bible or somewhere like that. Here it is. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is where we want to dig in today as we head into a Thanksgiving and Christmas season that is not always going to be the easiest season to navigate. And before we dive into this scripture today, here's what I want to do. I want to take you back in my life 30 years ago 30 years ago I was 21 years old and let's go back to Thanksgiving weekend so right where we're coming up on Thanksgiving weekend 30 years ago I can remember it was my senior year of Bible college at Manhattan Christian College Manhattan Kansas not New York the little apple not the big apple okay and I had driven back to college from my weekend ministry. I had a student ministry where I would drive to Kansas City about two hours and I would work with students all weekend long and then I would drive back to school. And I can remember this Thanksgiving weekend on Sunday night driving back uh, to school and it had been an awful, depressing, frustrating weekend. Here's what had happened. I had decided that I would throw a post-Thanksgiving party for all of our students. So Thursday, always Thanksgiving, right? Friday, I was gonna have a post-Thanksgiving party up at the church. We had about 40 or 45 students in all of our junior high and high school combined, and so I thought this would be fantastic. And I'd been advertising it for several weeks, right? Probably a month, and and so we get done with Thanksgiving, Friday morning comes, I sleep in a little bit, I go up to the church, I get the youth room all ready, In the afternoon, I order like 10 pizzas, you know, to arrive at 7 or 7.30. I get all of the drinks ready to go. I get a movie ready to go up on the screen. And then also I had borrowed from some people in the church. I'd borrowed one of those kiddie pools, you know, those plastic pools that you can put five or six little kids in. I had borrowed one of those, and then I went out and bought about $200 worth of popcorn. I'd basically spent half our youth budget on popcorn. And I filled that little pool with popcorn. And the way I had been advertising this post-Thanksgiving party is that we would have the world's largest bowl of popcorn. And so I got all of that ready to go, and I was fired up. I'm waiting at the church. Seven o'clock comes, no one's there. 
7.05, no one. 7.10, no one. 7.15, 7.20, no kids. 7.25, 7.30-ish, one kid. I still remember his name, Mike, shows up. And it was just me and Mike for the whole night in the popcorn bowl, you know. And I'll never forget going through the rest of that Thanksgiving weekend and driving back to school on Sunday night. And I was so frustrated. I remember getting in the car and turning on my radio. Remember when you used to just have to listen to the radio? And I located the most secular radio station I could find. Figured I'd listen as far as it would take me, right? I'll, just, I'll show God. I got back to school a couple hours later. I realized I had a couple hours of homework that I still had to do before I could go to sleep for the next day. And I can remember about 20 minutes into my homework, literally, I, start, I just sat on the edge of my bed. I put my head in my hands, and here's what I said out loud. I remember it like it was yesterday. I put my head in my hands, and I said, God, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I'm not good at living out the Christian life. I'm not good at leading people in the Christian life. I am failing. I am flunking out when it comes to living the Christian life. And I just want to pause there for just a moment because maybe there's some of you right here today all around Chicagoland, all of our campuses who are saying, yes, 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 that's me. Now we're finally getting somewhere at church. That's how I feel. I feel so weird. I feel so awkward trying to live out this thing called the Christian life. And even when I come to church, I feel strange about it because I don't feel like I'm doing it very well. In fact, for some of you, church, what church is to you is like this big blinking neon sign that says, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong. And some of you are like, yes. That's how I feel sometimes. The Christian life is so hard. I just don't know how to do it. There's others of you around here this weekend who have been Christians, been following Jesus for a lot of your life, and you look like you're doing pretty well. On the outside of your life, everything looks pretty good. But on the inside, you have this thing that you just can't seem to conquer. You just can't seem to get past. It continually trips you up in your life. And so I know, because I'm just like you, I know that there are some of you, maybe even many of you, who are just, you get frustrated with trying to live this out and figure this out in this Christian life thing. And maybe you've come to the point, at some point, even recently, that I did back there 30 years ago, and I have other times since, where I just end up saying to God, God, you know what? I don't know if I can do this. I'm not doing very good. I'm failing. I'm flunking out on this thing called the Christian life. I want you to know this, Parkview, that if you have ever felt that way, and if you've ever said those kinds of words to God, I think God looks down on you and says the same thing to you that he says to me, and that is this, good, that's great. And I don't think he says that sarcastically. I think he says that sincerely. And maybe our response back to God is, God, no, no, you don't understand. I'm saying I can't do it. 
I'm saying I can't pull this off anymore. And what I believe God says to me and what God wants to say to all of us this weekend is this. And that is, I know. I know that you can't pull off the Christian life on your own. And I'm not asking you to. Here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to yield your life to Jesus Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to produce in you what you cannot pull off on your own. Amen? Can I say that again? What God is asking of you and me is for us to yield our lives to Jesus Christ and allow his Holy Spirit to produce inside of us what we could never pull off on our own. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're taking notes, this is a huge deal. The Christian life isn't difficult. I'm just telling you, it's not. The Christian life isn't difficult. You know what it is? The Christian life is impossible. It's not difficult. It's impossible without Christ in you and the Holy Spirit empowering you. It's not really difficult. It's impossible without Christ living inside of you and the Holy Spirit empowering you. And here's what I want us to just know, and some of you know this, but it's good for all of us to revisit this. Your presence at church this weekend, it's not all about you know, filling you up with some good worship songs. We have fantastic worship teams, right, on all of our campuses. I mean, our worship teams are fantastic. But your presence here is not about just filling you up with some worship songs and filling you up with a really solid message because the Christian life, doggone it, is so, so hard. That's not what it's about. This gathering, us coming together, is about introducing you and reminding you of the God of the universe who wants to live inside of you by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And my fear is this. So many times in people all around our world, people around our campuses, even myself, my fear is a lot of times that we come into a place like this on a weekend and we get all amped up in the worship, you know, and we're excited and we're raising our hands. And that, that's great. That is a good thing. But we get all excited about that. We get all convicted by the message. I mean, you hear a message and I'm getting all amped up. And you're sitting out there and your heart starts beating and you're like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we walk out of something like this and you say, you know what? I'm going to do it. I got this. I am so going to do it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to be more loving. I just am. I'm going to be more loving. I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to be more kind. I, I'm going to be more self-controlled. I am. I'm going to be, I'm going to be more patient if it kills me. Right? And for some of you, it almost will. Right? 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 Just, just being true, right? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's because you can't do this on your own. You must have the Holy Spirit living in you and you working and partnering with the Spirit. Same for you, same for me. You see, the most exciting thing about the Christian life, the most interesting thing about the Christian life is not what goes on all around us, it's what goes on inside of us. It's an inside thing. 
And take a look again at this verse in Galatians. In the New Living Translation, it says this, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. The love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and the self-control. For me, I grew up in church. Maybe some of you have grown up in church. I grew up in church all my life. I have heard this section of scripture preached probably like 50 or 80 times at least. And every single time when I was growing up, I would hear this section of scripture preached It was always kind of like this. If you want to be a good Christian, if you want to be successful in the Christian life, then you have got to figure this out. You got to figure out how to be more loving, okay? You got to figure out how to be more joyful. You got to figure out how to be more patient and kind and and self-controlled and and all of those other things. It's like this section of scripture the way I grew up thinking about it, it was like the ultimate to-do list for Christians. It's like if you're going to be a good Christian, you, you have to do all of these things. And here's what I want you to know and remember this weekend, and that is this, that this section of Scripture is not a to-do list. This passage is a result list. It's not a to-do list of everything that you and I have to figure out how we're going to achieve. It is a result list. Galatians chapter 5 is a picture of what walking with the Spirit of God can look like in our lives. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the source. The the Holy Spirit, that part of God, is the source of all of these good things and attributes. This is not. This is not the fruit of the person who was raised in a Christian home. Though that's a good thing, right? If you were raised in a Christian home, I was raised in a Christian home. I am so thankful for that. Maybe you were raised in a Christian home. Maybe you brought your kids up in a Christian home. Praise God for that. That's an incredible gift. But how many of you know just being raised up in a Christian home does not mean loving and kind and peaceful and patient and good and all those things, right? Amen? It just doesn't. These are not the fruit of a person who was raised up in a Christian home. These are not the fruit of a person who has a perfect marriage or a great marriage. They're just not. They're not the fruit of the person, you know, who never swears or that kind of thing or loses their temper, loses their cool. They're they're not that. They're not, listen, this is so important. These are not the fruit of the person who comes to church every single weekend and never misses a weekend. That's a good thing. That's a great thing for us to gather together. We're called to do that. But that doesn't mean that these things will just automatically be a part of your life. These are the fruit of the Spirit. And you and I don't earn or conjure up or pull off or produce this fruit all by ourselves. These are connected, empowered, if you will, enabled by the Holy Spirit actually living inside of us. And I know that's a strange, mystical, mysterious thing, but hopefully it gives you a little bit of reprieve and oh wow I don't have to do all of this on my own it's a spirit thing 
So maybe a good question right now for us is this, and that is then who is the Holy Spirit, right? If this is a spirit thing, if the Holy Spirit brings this into our lives, then who is the Holy Spirit? Now, I know some of you who have been around church for a lot of years, you're thinking, oh, Todd, I, I know who that, and you, you, you know, I mean, you know, you all have ideas, right? You, you, we all have answers about, oh, who's the Holy Spirit? Okay, this is who the Holy Spirit is, because I heard this message eight years ago, and this is what I heard about in the message eight years ago, or I just read this section of Scripture, and this is what it talks about the Holy Spirit here. So if you've been around church for a while, you have all kinds of ideas about who the Holy Spirit is. In Bible college, I had a whole year of classes just on the Holy Spirit, so I have all kinds of things, all kinds of notes, all kinds of diagrams about who the Holy Spirit is. But can we just take it back? Can we just, can we just go back for just a little bit today on what, what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? Who did Jesus say the Holy Spirit would be when he comes into our world and our lives? Uh, take a look at this in the Bible in John chapter 16. This is Jesus talking, by the way, to his friends. These are his disciples. These are his best friends that he's been hanging around for the last few years. And here's what Jesus says in John 16. He says, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And none of you has asked me where I'm going. Instead, you're just sad. He's been telling them that he's going to leave this earth. They, ha they haven't really got it yet, right? But he's been telling them he's going to go. He goes on to say, but it is actually best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the counselor won't come. If I do go away, he will come because I will send him to you. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to go, I know you're sad about that, but I need to go. Because if I don't, I can't send the counselor back to you. Now that word, the counselor, check this out, is the word parakletos. In the original Greek language, the word parakletos. And that word counselor means an advocate or an intercessor. In John chapter 14 and John chapter 15, which is the chapters just previous to what we are reading, John says this parakletos, this counselor, is the Holy Spirit, that that's who this is. And so what's going on here is that the Holy Spirit, If you maybe one way to look at who the Holy Spirit is for us today is the Holy Spirit is like, is, is Jesus for us without the limitations of the flesh and the material world. Because again, what had been happening as we read about this in the first century and Jesus speaking to us is Jesus had been walking around and talking with these other people and his disciples, his best friends for several years now, but he was on the outside of them, right? And the great work that God wanted to do was on the inside of them. It was an inside job that God wanted to do, not just a friend on the outside. And this whole idea of doing something on the inside of us has been God's goal. It's been God's aim all along. Many centuries before Jesus even walked on this earth, let's look at what it says in the Old Testament, in the book of Ezekiel. Here's what God says in the book of Ezekiel. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my spirit inside of you. So here's, here's what happened. Jesus, when he came to this earth, he came not only to give his life for us, but he also came to give his life 
to us, right? He gave it for us on the cross. We talk about that all the time. He came to give his life for us, but he also came to give his life to us. You see, Jesus knew that his effectiveness was being limited by his flesh. He had skin on just like me and you. And because he had skin on, he could really only be with one or two or five people at a time. But now, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, he can be with all of us all the time. He says, I have to go. I have to go away. And it's going to be better if I go away because I can only be with a few of you at a time. But if I, if I go, if I send the counselor, if I send the Holy Spirit to you, then the Holy Spirit can be with all of you all the time. And the Holy Spirit can produce in me and you that love and that joy and that peace and that patience and that kindness and that goodness and gentleness and mercy and self-control. And listen, you and I, we do not produce these things on our own. Look at this again. But when the Holy Spirit controls us yielding our life, surrendering our life, getting up in the morning and saying, God, I want you to control my life. I want to live for you today. I want to partner with you today. God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but let me have your eyes, let me have your ears, let me have your attributes. When, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce these kinds of things in our lives. It's incredible, and it was a huge, huge, huge day for me when all of this really began to sink in. It was so freeing. It was such a freedom kind of thing when I realized that I don't, I don't have to gut this out. I don't have to try and just pull off the Christian life on my own anymore. Because God is ready and willing and wanting to do inside of me what I know I cannot do on my own. Thanksgiving is going to prove that. I can't do it on my own. And maybe right now, you're sitting here and you're thinking to yourself, in your mind, you're having conversations with me because that's what you do, right? When I preach, you have conversations with the preacher. I know you do. And so you're having conversations with me right now and you're going, Todd, this sounds like really good. I mean, if this is true, this, this could be different. This, I could live differently. So you're, what, you're say, what, what, what you're saying is I have a partner <laughs> I don't have to just try and do these things. I have a partner in all of these things. And yes, that's what I'm saying. This is how we are meant to live. Maybe you're sitting here right now thinking, you know what, Todd? I am just not very loving. I'm not. And God says, that's okay because I am. I am loving. Maybe right now you're sitting here saying, Todd, I am not very joyful. I'm I'm just not. I mean, I came in here this weekend to the campus, and I have a smile on my face, stuff like that, and everybody thinks I'm joyful and stuff like that and looks happy. I actually made a few people laugh this morning. It was pretty fun. But let me tell you something. I'm not very happy. I'm not very joyful. I mean, if you ask my kids, if you ask my spouse, they would say, hello. No, she's not. Okay? She's not. She's not joyful. Here's what I would say to you. Here's what I would say to you. That's okay because you know what God says? God says, I am. I am. So that's okay. Todd, I'm not very patient. <laughs> I'm just not Todd. Actually, I was, I was hoping you'd be done like 10 minutes ago. And it's just like, it's like I have things to do. That we all have things to do this weekend. So if you could just you know, kind of pull together. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not a very patient person. And, and, and I would, it just God says, that, that's fine. Because I am. I am. Right? We, we can just keep going. I'm just not very kind, Todd. I'm just really not. And God says, I am. And Todd, I'm not good. I'm just, believe me, if you knew, 
what I do and how I live, I'm just not. I'm not good. And God says, listen, listen, I am. I am good. And I can bring good out in you. I'm not very faithful. And God says, I am. I'm always going to be faithful. I'm not a very gentle person. God says, I am. I'm just not very self-controlled. I keep getting tripped up by the same old stinking things. And God says, listen, listen, don't worry about that because I am. And I can bring that out in you. In fact, let's do this for just a moment as we kind of pull some of these thoughts together. Let me take you back for just a moment to the Old Testament of the Bible. You remember the guy named Moses? Let me just kind of expand your mind here for a moment. You remember Moses? Um, he was out in the desert at the burning bush. You remember the whole burning bush scene when he's talking, the bush is talking back to him, and God is talking to him through the bush, and he wants him to go to Egypt and free his people from captivity in Egypt, right, the Israelite people, and Moses keeps talking to the bush, and Moses has all kinds of excuses of why he can't go do this. And finally, you remember this? Moses says to God, okay, 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 let's just say I go to Egypt and to Pharaoh, and they don't believe me. Who do I tell them sent me? Who do I tell them sent me to your people to free them? Do you remember what God says back to Moses? Remember back, look at what he says in Exodus chapter 3. Here's what God says. Here's who you tell them sent you. Exodus 3.14, God says to Moses, I am the eternal God. So tell them that the Lord, whose name is, I am, has sent you. I am is his name. God is I am. So if God is I am, then by default, I am not. Right? I am not loving. I am not kind. I am not good. I am not gentle. I am not self-controlled. I am not patient. But God says, listen, Todd, listen, Todd, you don't need to worry about that right now because guess what? I am. I am good. I am kind. I am merciful. I am self-controlled. And I will do in you what you cannot do on your own. Maybe, maybe if you're feeling frustrated trying to live out the Christian life, I would say to you that your problem probably isn't dedication. You're incredibly dedicated. Probably, I mean, you're here, you're around here this weekend. Your problem probably isn't discipline. Your problem is that you're up against an impossible task. You see, when Jesus left us, he did not leave us with a to-do list of rules. Jesus in John chapter 16 didn't gather all of his disciples around and say, okay, I'm getting ready to head out and here's what I need y'all to do. I need y'all to figure this out. I need you to be more loving. Figure it out. I need you to be more patient, figure that out. I need you to be more self-controlled, figure that out. He did not leave us with a to-do list of rules. He left us with the Holy Spirit who wants to help us live in a way that we could never live on our own. And it's open and available 
to you and me, all of us, today and moving forward. Remember this. Take a picture of this. Post this somewhere. The Christian life isn't difficult. The Christian life is impossible without Christ in you and the Holy Spirit empowering you. That should bring us freedom, especially during this Thanksgiving and Christmas season. I know there are some of you around here on our campuses and you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life. You've been baptized into Jesus at some point a few months or years or even decades ago. And you have given your life to Jesus, surrendered to him, have the Holy Spirit. But maybe since that day that you accepted Jesus into your life, were baptized into him, from that day on, you went and started trying just doing this on your own. You started going, well, I'm going to do, now I got, you know, I'm accepting Jesus, now I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and you're so frustrated by it. And here's what I would say, maybe this weekend you just need to get somewhere quiet, and you need to say, God, I am so sorry that I've been trying to pull this off by myself. Help me to learn and figure out how to talk to you, how to listen to you, how to have your presence and power in me. Maybe you just can say, God, I need to trust and lean into you more. Maybe that's your prayer. For others of you around here this weekend, you've never accepted Jesus into your life. Maybe you've been around church for a long time, but you've never put your trust in Jesus. You've never been baptized into Jesus. And I would say you, you should think about that. You should consider doing that this weekend on your campus or somebody's hot tub or something like that. I was going to say in a pool, but probably not in a pool. It's a little cold. Maybe in a hot tub. Here's, here's why you should think about it. Last verse, Acts 2.38. Peter's talking to a bunch of people just like this in a church setting. He says, here's what you need to do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. When you and I yield our lives to Jesus, we're plunged and baptized into him. We have this spirit of God put inside of us that enables us to live in a way that we could never live on our own. It lets us do Thanksgiving. It lets us do Christmas in a way that we could never pull off on our own. Amen. Maybe you need to lean more into him. Maybe you need to accept him and his spirit inside of you. Let's spend a moment in prayer, and we'll have some time of communion as well. God, thanks for today. Thanks for the opportunity to study and to think about this section in Galatians. God, I pray today that you would just breathe a fresh sense of peace over us, that we would have some refreshment and freedom, realizing that you want to do we could never do or pull off on our own. God, thank you for your grace and goodness to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says...